Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. And we're live. Welcome back to another edition of the Industry Insider podcast, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and I'm joined today by three other awesome folks, some of my favorite peeps. But uh, ultimately, before we get into that, I uh, just really want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, our sponsor for today, uh, which would be Turvis, Turvis Line. So Turvis has been around since 1946, starting with their classic line. They've got sleek styles that makes for the perfect active and on-the-go lifestyle. Uh, Turvis is the original double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps drinks cold and reduces condensation. Uh, they're backed by a made-for-life guarantee. Turvis is the original customizable double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps hot drinks hot and cold drinks cold, available in several sizes, including a sippy cup, uh, you know, for those of you that, uh, you know, can't necessarily drink out of a regular bottle. Uh, wine glass, uh, both stemmed and stemless, 10-ounce wavy, 16-ounce mug, 16-ounce and 24-ounce tumblers, and also a 24-ounce water bottle. They're made from Triton plastic, made in America, lifetime warranty, dishwasher and microwave safe, and they're also BPA-free. Uh, BPA uh, so please check them out, servicepromos.com to learn more information. Uh, so listen, guys, like I said, I'm joined by three other awesome folks today. Uh, Meg Herber, how the hell are you? I am doing wonderful. How are you, Jeff? <laughs> I'm doing great as well. Uh, so listen, just, uh, you know, I'm excited for today. You know, I really am. Uh, Stephen McFadden, Perfect Promotions and More down in North Carolina. How are you, sir? Doing well. You're looking taller today, Jeff. No, is I think it's the, just the angle of the camera. Is it the hair? Is it the hair? Did it, <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Uh, so speaking of hair, we've got Dan Nevins. <laughs> Famous for my hair. <laughs> How, how are you, Dan? First of all, if you guys don't know Dan, uh, you know, um, you really need to jump on board and, and, and you know, understand sort of who Dan is. Uh, but very excited to have you on with us as a special guest today, Dan. Um, you know, I, I love your story. Uh, I didn't really know who you were before LDW last year. Um, you know, PPAI did an awesome thing by having you come in and speak with us. I think you completely lit that room on fire. Uh, and you do an, an, a tremendous job as a, as a speaker and, uh, just your story is, you know, it has a, a way of definitely, you know, pulling at people in, in a lot of different ways. So, um, just to give a quick, quick rundown, obviously you, you enlisted, uh, in, in the United States army as a paratrooper, uh, and stationed in Germany for a bit. And then you spent four years in Fort Bragg, um, and then continued your, uh, your service with the army national guard. Uh, and that's sort of where everything, uh, sort of took place, but, um, before, before we sort of jump into that, why don't you just give us a quick three to four minute rundown? If it takes a little bit longer than that, I know your story is a, a little bit, a uh, little bit more uh, inclusive of that, or I guess, uh, longer than that, but, uh, if it takes longer, it's cool, but, uh, tell us who you are, your, your history and sort of maybe how you got involved on the promotional products, uh, industry in, in your capacity. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. It's, um, well, you, I mean, you kind of talked about it. You know, I joined the, the army to fight in the Gulf War. And by the time I left for training, it was over. Spent eight years active duty, got out, stayed in the guard, and then was ultimately deployed for Operation Iraqi Freedom II, where nine months into the deployment, I in, interacted with, let's say that, I interacted with an improvised explosive device that detonated beneath my vehicle and, and totally shattered my reality. 
as a result of that blast, I lost my, my good friend and one of my mentors, my platoon sergeant, Sergeant First Class, Mike Adelaney, who I actually wear this bracelet for every day. And I ultimately lost both legs below the knee and live with a traumatic brain injury, which is much better now, by the way. Um, the brain is just amazing. The more time that goes by, things just seem to find a way to heal. And I think that's true about a lot of things, but we might get into that later. But I never even knew, like, I'm going to be full disclosure, never even knew what the promotional items industry was. I mean, I guess I was aware of it in a sort of third person way. Like I, I'd seen the things, but didn't realize that there was a whole industry um, behind it. And so my, I guess I'd say the, the most, I'll say this, the most uh, significant promotional item I've ever received was a backpack in my first day at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. And it was a um, vinyl, one directional zipper, heat transfer, one color uh, <laughs> backpack that was, you know, it didn't last that long. However, I want to say this, almost 16 years later, it's completely does it like the strap broke off the back, um, the zipper stopped working, maybe seven months into owning it, but that I still own the backpack. I wish I had it here. It's in my storage unit. I wish I could pull it up and show you. I mean, it's just that it's that significant to me. Because in that backpack was everything that I didn't know that I needed in those worst moments of my life. And the backpack also was a promise that whatever I needed or whatever my family needed, the Wounded Warrior Project would be there for me. And yeah, I wear the logo, you see it right here. Um, and that was the logo on that backpack um, that I'll never forget because I was just the guy on the top of the logo being carried off the battlefield. And then I ultimately got to become the warrior on the bottom carrying more of the guys once I got you know once I figured things out and got my life back on track that's the real beauty of this organization is you be start as a guy on the top and then you ultimately become the person on the bottom of the logo and um that was powerful so I got involved in the actual industry and like discovered that when uh Kelly Claudio from Sweden reached out to me to, she needed a speaker for her event I think the theme was like if it doesn't challenge you it won't change you it's like five years ago <clears throat> and she had contacted the founder of Wounded Warrior Project and he suggested me this kind of long kind of way around it. And I showed up for a two hour, they wanted me to speak for two hours, a two hour <laughs> speech to their sales team in California. And it was just such a serendipitous, incredible unfolding of events that once I finished speaking and telling the stories and sharing about Wounded Warrior Project and, and then what I was doing with my own little nonprofit called Warrior Spirit Retreat, they said, we just created this brand called Basecamp and you're, you're the guy. She was, I just remember she goes, you're the guy. And I, I didn't know what that meant. She goes, no, 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 you need to do like, and she couldn't even figure it out. Like she didn't know what it was, but here's what, what, made, what made it uh, resonate for me. She was so passionate. The whole team was so passionate about supporting what I was doing to, for the lives of other wounded service members that they just wanted to be a part of it. Didn't know what the ins and outs were. They were just so positive and so much a yes for what I was doing that it just made perfect sense to get involved. And then I started speaking some more and became the Basecamp brand ambassador, which has been awesome. And now I have so many more friends in the promotional items business. I mean, it's so crazy. Some of the best people I know, really great friends of mine, I never would have met 
um, without that first invitation to speak. So, so that that was actually the start of your of your speaking <laughs> career as well. Then, no, 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 no. I had been speaking for over a decade. Okay. Yeah. So I just I was a so I call myself a professional storyteller. I, I tell stories. So when people, you know, it's funny when people like to ask, "What do you do?" I'm like, I tell stories and teach yoga, and they <laughs> just look at me, and I'm like, "That's perfect," because I don't, I don't know. We're we're so much more than what the title on our business card says. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, I I knew you sort of touched on that backpack a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you, I would love to sort of uh, I guess enlighten some of the listeners as far as what your you know the the power of promo is for you from your perspective, uh, maybe a little bit beyond that because I know you mentioned uh, the items in that bag were sort of everything that you needed or or didn't know you needed. Um, you know, to sort of help you get through that. So, I mean, could you maybe touch on like our industry and sort of since you've been involved, what what that means to you? Absolutely. And I'll start it by saying this. I've met people throughout the whole promo items industry that they get sort of, um, it's a job, right? It's their livelihood and mm-hmm. it gets frustrating and monotonous and you know, it's like sort of seems like Groundhog Day a lot of days, not all days. But what I want to remind people is that how significant and powerful the work they do is. And yeah, maybe not every time. And yeah, you need to fulfill orders and all the things. But I'll tell you this. When I got that backpack and, and then there was a toiletry kit in there that had the, that had the logo on it. It was someone was thoughtful enough to put together this sort of organized toolkit for, and it, well, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of backstory. So John Melia, who was the founder of Wounded Warrior Project, the guy who got me in touch with Kelly Claudio and hence how all this happened. Um, when he started Wounded Warrior Project, it was because he had been a wounded warrior before. His helicopter exploded and went down the Gulf and, uh, sorry, the Persian Gulf. Uh, wow. during a hostage rescue uh, training mission. And then he lost a bunch of Marines and he was burned all over his body. And he lived that life of a wounded warrior and needed things and didn't have them. Wanted things and couldn't get them. And then so you fast forward so many years later and he's watching the first casualties come back from Afghanistan, actually, before Iraq even started. And then he and his family, right there at the beginning of 2003, said like we have to do something and iraq was kind of ramping up and all these things were happening and so they maxed out their family's credit cards and then bought all of the things that he wished he had in his time as a wounded warrior and then they stuffed backpacks Um, they were unbranded at first but then ultimately they became branded and i'll tell you this as a recipient of that backpack i had no idea who wounded warrior project was I didn't know the founder personally, who's the godfather now of my 10-year-old daughter. I didn't know the people that were involved. But because this gift was so thoughtful and it was so uh, it was put together, it wasn't just haphazard. It was organized and like, here you go. And the branding was consistent. It just made me feel that these people actually care. And I was, I was exactly right. Because when you're thoughtful enough to go through those steps and do those things and create those things like that, it, it actually created a reflection of who they actually were. And um, 
it created an affinity for me to this organization that still lasts today, 16, almost 16 years later. And um, yeah, the organization doesn't get everything right 100% of the time, but they will never lose me as an advocate and a supporter because of who they were for me and still are, by the way, even 16 years later. Um, so it's just a, a reminder that what you do in the promotional items industry is you, you create that real lasting connection and relationships between organizations and people, or actually I should say between, between people, because what are organizations anyway, but a, a group of people all sort of headed in the same direction. So um, what you do, the work you do is powerful and it um, means something to the people that receive it and the people that give it. Dan, that's such a great, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, man, if you guys don't get chills from that and just, if you can't figure out an elevator speech, just from what Dan just mentioned, like, I, I don't know. Go ahead, Steven. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's so easy for us, as you mentioned, just to get fixated on, you know, the burn and churn in the industry. I mean, both suppliers and distributors, uh, but you know, that, and that's something we continually try to you know, train our, our staff and, and work with suppliers that obviously care and, and are concerned about um, where the products are going and who they're, who's actually going to be using the pieces. And it's so important. Um, I think that message is one that can be repeated a thousand times just to remember that the products should elicit some emotion, you know, and should have some mm -hmm. connection. And when they do, I mean, it's a home run for everybody. You know, it, it helps generate that message. It helps increase your sales, you know, from those perspectives, it, all of it is good. Uh, but mm -hmm. to, to lose sight of how, it, you know, who's using it will help, you know, can lead you down some traps where you're doing the wrong things for the wrong people because you're not thinking about how it's being used and, and what it's being used for. And, you know, the recipients, which is ultimately the, the goal, right. Um, go, go ahead, Jeff and, and Meg apologize. Go ahead, Meg. <laughs> no, um, Dan, I just want to say, I, I, I've always, since I, I've heard of you, I've been super inspired by you. I, you know, we talked about this briefly before we hopped on live and we have a bunch of like 1.5 degrees of separation. And a lot of people <laughs> came to me and they're like, don't you know Dan, don't you know Dan? I'm like, oh my God, don't you know Dan. Um, but then I looked into what you were doing and, and take someone like you to have their worst possible day happen to them. And then make something so positive that, that's helping other people it's just so inspirational and i'm not trying to make this about me but when i do when i, I do talk i try to pull that pull where that passion comes from so i mm -hmm. talk about jiu-jitsu and how it's inspired me and i never had a worse day like like you did um and i was listening to your podcast yesterday with my friends um jeff and uh, and jay and you said something I, oh my god it just Whew, set me, set me balling. Like I was ugly crying and I, you know, your worst day, I, your last thought had me, and mm. I, I, I'm not going to take that away from you. I want you to be able to tell everybody, but it's very inspiring because a lot of people now take these things for granted. And I'm just going to see it just up here. <laughs> the little things that for granted that we have sacrificed, you have sacrificed so much so that we can do all these things that we want to do and say out loud and and um can you talk to us a little bit about if it's not too much if i'm pushing pushing the line and you can tell me but i think people really need to hear it and need to hear where you where this all comes from and um yeah 
No, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's the sort of reality. Um, so I want to answer your question, but it, this just came up, so I don't want to like lose this. It's I'm a that, person, so by all means, yeah, the reality <laughs> the reality of 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 war, right? Is the the war fighter? You know, people have this sort of uh, this sort of picture of of the war fighter as like some some mean, like aggressive. Uh, masculine toxicity sort of environment. And I'm not gonna say that doesn't happen, but I'd say that the overwhelming majority of, of warfighters, and Meg, you can attest to this, they serve because they love people so much that they're just willing to go fight the war somewhere else, right? And, and whether, and then I know people are like, well, the war wasn't for right, who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't know if the war was for the right reason or the wrong reason or some sort of uh, construction of right and wrong or who knows. All I know is we volunteered to go put ourselves in harm's way. And then so they called and it's time to go. And so when you're fighting, you're fighting for the people alongside of you. Yeah, we miss everyone at home oh. and we fight because we love home, but I'm fighting for the people to my left and right. All y'all back at home are a distant memory in those kind of instances. This is like That's a brotherhood and sisterhood. Yeah. And, um, and then so, and in wars, bad things happen. Bad days uh, are every day for some people. Well, like, I mean, every day is a bad day for, for people when you're fighting in a war. Mm -hmm. And that day was for me, and there were several uh, lesser versions of that day leading up to November 10th of 2004, when we were headed out for a 72 hour dismounted counterinsurgent operation. And my vehicle hit an improvised explosive device that sent my 18,000 pound vehicle about six feet in the air in a ball of fire. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being in that prayer when the explosion happened and I could feel and hear the truck disintegrate around my body. And I really didn't know what happened, but I know this when I sort of came to, and I, I might've been knocked out for a couple of seconds. I realized I was ejected from the vehicle laying in the dirt and my legs were caught in the twisted and burning metal that used to be the floorboard and undercarriage of the truck. And I just remember listening to my, like, I couldn't, I was trying to make sense of things. I remember my, I had a taste of blood in my mouth. My face was really hot. My ears were ringing and a sickening knot in my stomach. I was trying to figure out what was going on, I'm listening to my team move with tactical proficiency, securing the perimeter, kind of keeping things safe. And when the dust started to descend, it was four o'clock in the morning. So it was pitch black outside, but the fire from the blast had started to engulf my vehicle, which provided some light. And so I could start to see. And when the dust clouds sort of descended, I noticed instantly that Sergeant First Class Mike Adelini, my mentor, my platoon sergeant, that he had made the ultimate sacrifice. And seeing the condition that he was in, I knew that I was hurt probably much worse than I kind of thought in that moment. My hands were numb, but I just remember grabbing my helmet and it came apart in two pieces in my hand. And that's not a great start, but I was conscious and that's a good thing. And so in that moment, I'm looking and then, so my gunner was ejected out of the turret and landed in a canal. Um, the two other people, the person in the TC seats to the front, the front seat, uh, mm -hmm. not the driver, and the one behind him, they were both knocked out. And so I was the only conscious one. And, and I'm just trying to figure things out. 
my helmet's apart. I'm like, okay, check. I can get feeling back in my hands. I'm feeling the kind of pins and needles and I'm checking myself, my arms, my torso. When I kind of reach mm-hmm. up for my legs that were in the vehicle, I thought I was going to like pull them out, roll out. They just didn't move. And I, that's when I felt the unmistakable arterial blood spurt with every beat of my heart. And I, I knew, I knew that I was going to die. Like I'm listening to my team. I know that there's, there's like, they're at least three, four minutes out from the medic coming. So, you know, I'm so far away from that. And I know that how quickly you bleed out through your femoral artery. And it was, it was a hard spurt. So it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't going to be slow. And I just remember, you know, they say, and this is, I think what you were talking about. They, they say when you're about to die, that your life flashes before your eyes. And I've heard that a million times, but that really wasn't my experience. For me, it was more like a, um, like a slideshow of things I'd left undone, unaccomplished. And I don't really remember all of them. Like I don't really, really any of them other than the quality of what they were until the, the, last, the last thought. And I had a 10 year old daughter. And in that, in that last moment, I just saw her, but she was all grown up and dressed in white head to toe and walking down the aisle without her dad. And in that moment, I just sort of sat up and shot up and I was like, Dan, I'm alive, I'm alive. I have to do something to keep it that way. And I just reached my hand in the wound and thought I was gonna find the artery and like pinch it off like MacGyver, like I got it, go rub some dirt in it. It didn't go down like that. I just pressed that my hand almost up to my wrist in my thigh and attempt to like find the artery, but I just pressed against the piece of shrapnel still lodged in my femur and prayed for the medic to arrive. And then it's like I blinked my eye and there was Dan Smee, my medic with his long California blonde hair dangling in my face, just lying to me. Sergeant Evans, you're going to be all right. And it's like I blinked again, had a tourniquet on my leg, then an IV in my arm, then I was on the my whole team came and put themselves in harm's way to remove my legs from that vehicle that was still on fire. And then a stretcher and then to the combat surgical hospital where I had my first of 36 surgeries where they took my left leg below the knee and patched up my right one with an external fixator and all this stuff, which I ultimately lost. And um, I'll just finish you know, kind of with this. And that was that the nurse, the first thing I saw when I opened my eyes, there was a combat nurse's face right in mine. And I'll never know her name, unfortunately. Aww. And I've tried. We got um, to find her for you. <laughs> I know, right? But I'll never forget her face or what she said. She said, Sergeant Evans, you're a very lucky man. We, managed, we had to take your left leg below the knee. We managed to save your right one for now, but you'll probably lose that one too. And she was right. And then that started off a... Uh, two-year recovery at Walter Reed. That's where I met Wounded Warrior Project, my first day at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. And um, yeah, I'm just blessed, blessed to still be here and then have um, something to do. Like there's so much talk about is the returning warriors and PTSD. So, and it's very real. Look, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. PTSD is very real. And you don't have to be the guy that was kicking or the woman that was kicking in the doors and chasing down the bad guys to have PTSD. It's just, it's your brain coping to one environment, learning what it's like to have danger around every corner and then coming home and your brain doesn't know the difference. Like that's PTSD. 
Um, but what, what is more prevalent that doesn't get talked about is post-traumatic growth. Is that when you create the perspective, like you said, Meg, I had a really bad day. It was like the worst day of my life. Um, and, but it's almost, it's, a, it's a, this huge blessing because I didn't die. Yeah, I lost a really good friend and I lost several good friends in, the, in these wars. And, but I can't change that. It's, it's unchangeable. And they wouldn't change it either. They knew the risks when they volunteered and they gratefully showed up and served knowing that that was a potential outcome. And then so, but, but I have, now I have the memory of Mike and this bracelet that inspires me to work hard because Mike was the hardest working human being I've ever met. And it reminds me to live, like really live instead of just be alive. And so I have this perspective of what a really bad day is now, which makes the normal day that could be bad without that perspective be like, no big, let's look the, what's the book from way back when? Like, don't sweat the small stuff. Small stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's like every day is like that. When things are like, like falling apart, which happens, real life happens like that. I'm like, well, no one is shooting at me. <laughs> nobody's shooting at me I'm still here like everything's good I'm, I'm safe and it just reframes the day to be like okay now what am I going to do to to kind of adjust to this little uh this little bit of uh discomfort that I'm feeling now it takes people like you though to go through what you went through to know how bad it was to see what you can do to make other people that are going through those things or similarly as terrible to make it better for them, to make it so they don't feel so alone. And I think that's what's so great about what you've done. Um, I did not see the action that you saw. I was still, you know, in the Navy, I lost a very good friend. I lost um, one of my brothers. And that's one thing I did want to comment on is that, you know, Kelly in the podcast yesterday said she thinks of you as your, her brother. And I'm sure you call every single person that you served with your brother or your family. And I'm telling you, I still do as well. I mean, we go, when I was in the Navy, a bunch of us went camping in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And now every year we still keep up that tradition. And now it's turned in from, it went from five people to about 80 people. And it's like our more people that are on our boat, our friends, our families. And it's just, they're all, and I'm still in touch with them. And now I'm like ants to their little babies. <laughs> and I'm awesome. like, you know, so you really have that camaraderie, um, but you're bringing, you're the whole package, Dan. And if you ever come up to Philly or Atlantic City, do any of these shows, I, I want to invite you to do yoga with me. I'd love to teach you some jujitsu. There are several double amputees in, in this sport and they are, man, they are hard. They are, they're killers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. I've got five targets and now two of them are gone. And I'm like, well, damn, <clears throat> how am I going to do? So. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah I, I definitely want to invite you if you're up in town for sure i know my my tribe would love to have you for sure but i just want to really thank you for your sacrifices and your service mm -hmm. and everything that you've done just for wounded warriors for this industry and i'm glad to see that you are in this industry um we had someone on a couple weeks ago and we talked about promo to retail and it's kind of what you've done as well and i and it's i love hearing these stories about the transition and it's mm -hmm. all so inspiring and, yeah, and I think <laughs> I think one of one of my favorite things about you and the story that you bring to the table 
Um, it's just number one, the fact that you just absolutely remove all excuses from anybody, like what you've gone through and, and what you've been able to do and, and overcome like it, perspective. Okay. And I think it reminds me a lot sort of about, you know, just previous teachings and whatever about, you know, take a 30,000 foot view of things, you know, don't, don't think about the small stuff so much, like don't get stressed out about what's happening about anything or whatever's going on. Like at the end of the day, you know, the earth is still turning and it's still revolving around the sun. Life goes on. Um, and I think, you know, now even more than October uh, of last year, when we heard the story originally, at least myself, uh, I think with everything that's happening in the world right now with the pandemic and, and, you know, the riots and everything else, like, it's just so important, I think, to really have that perspective that you're, that you're talking about and just stop, you know, stop sweating the petty and just really understand that there's so much more to life. And, and, you know, I think that's hugely powerful in overcoming any situation. So I, I thank you for that part of your story for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm blessed, man. Like, like you said, every day, is like I can look at it as like, well, I'm still, I'm grateful to be here. And things still come apart at the seams, right? Like when I'm, all the work I'm trying to do things, I have terrible days um, where I'm like, oh man. And then I'm just quickly reminded, like I quickly remind myself not to go down that trail because it doesn't go anywhere productive. Mm -hmm. And like you said, especially today in like 2020, it's even like you say 2020, it's like, oh, if people do is people is like, oh there's winces and grimaces and all the things it's just another opportunity to for me like I, I look at it i'm like this is really getting me laser focused on what do i want to do as a result of everything that's happening like no, i don't want to be a victim to the circumstance of 2020 with not traveling i went from sleeping in my own bed 89 days in 2019 to like months consecutively at home. I was like pulling this, I had a full head of hair before this started, <laughs> but pulled it all out. <clears throat> no, I'm gonna do was, some Google image right searches on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just, it just makes me again realize, okay, like, well, what do I wanna do? And so I've been doing a lot of virtual classes and virtual outreach working, cause I can't do, so from the land of, from Warrior Spirit Retreat that I'm still doing, um, I can't really lead retreats. So like, you know, people, one, people are afraid to get together. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm ready to go travel. Like, I'm like, I got it. I'm resilient. I took all so many shots in the military. I'm like, I can survive anything. Anything, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, I have all the preventative things. I'm probably glowing on the inside. Uh, but you know, but people don't want to. I had to cancel my first international retreat. We were going to go to Peru and hike Machu Picchu and do all these things. Oh, and we cool. had to cancel and we haven't been able to even look further enough to schedule the next one. So I'm so trying to get creative. Yeah. So what, what actually is in the pipeline right now is I heard something about a 5k. Is it virtual? Like, tell us what you have coming up. If anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a See, so yeah, a Wounded Warrior Project has a 5K called the Carry Forward. And it's really cool. It's a new twist on a 5K. This is the year three, but um, you can do three different ways and you can sign up to do virtual teams. So you don't have, it used to be huge events in cities and now obviously that's postponed. Um, but the, the events are still happening where you can register and you do one of three things. It's either flag, fitness, or fierce. So it's a 5K, so 3.1 miles, and you can either carry a flag 
And that could be a tiny little flag in your headband. So you can just go run a 5K for a PR, right? If that's what you wanna do. Or you can carry the most ridiculous massive flag that you've ever seen, uh, which a lot of people do. <laughs> and then you could do the fitness category which is you have to carry weights of some kind, whether it's a weighted vest or ankle and wrist weights or regular weights or plates in a backpack, whatever you do, that's which the way you do it. And then there's the fierce category and fierce is you have to carry a human being, the whole, and it's modeled after the fireman's carry. So that's for 3.1 miles. And you can get creative with that too. Some people carry their babies or their kids. Some people like uh, in a backpack and some people in a stroller and they're like, I'm totally carrying them. It's like, okay, right? The idea is to get out and do it versus like actually executing it uh, flawlessly inside of the, the details. And so it's a really great way to get involved, raise awareness for Wounded Warrior Project and, um, and raise money for a worthy cause. No, that's really cool. And is that something, so if we wanted to do it virtually, is there a certain day that this is happening? Can we sign up? So they are, different cities are in different days. And I'm sorry, they're not okay. all on the top of my head. San Diego okay. just happened. Okay. So San Diego just happened. Jacksonville's happening in November. I believe it's November 12th. It's a Saturday. So, but you can go to Wounded Warrior Project website or just Google carry forward, carryforward.org, right? It's the, um, the, uh, website specifically for the carry forward event and okay. it's yeah you can sign up register a virtual team get people involved create a fundraising page do all those things it's epic and it gets people out of the house doing something and moving their bodies which is physical health is directly linked and correlated to mental 100%, 100%. health so yeah if you're if you're sitting there wondering thinking the world is falling and then you haven't gotten up and exercised short start there I've been saying that. Get outside. Get some fresh mm -hmm. air, man. Literally says endorphins. Uh, we had a 5K a couple of years ago on the boardwalk, and I was trying to find a picture very quickly so I could share it, but it's not. I, my internet's lagging so bad, and I carried Rachel Levin uh, for like half the boardwalk. I don't. That's hard. It's a lot harder than you think. Was was that the um, was that the one at, at Expo East that they used yeah. to do, or is this a yeah. different one? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we used to do it and raise money for the Howard Blum Association or Foundation. And yeah. Woo. Yeah. You know I what they say, Meg? What's that? You know what they say? Picks or it didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> there's definitely picks. That's true. There's definitely picks. I'll, I'll post uh, once, we, once we repost. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know we're. Uh, no, you're fine. No, no, it was a simple question. Go, go. I was, uh, I know we're running a little bit short on time here, but I was curious to, if you could shed some light on. Um, what base camp has done for uh, warrior spirit retreat just as far as what you've been able to do because of that that partnership and you know how it's been connected to promo what you've been able to do now because of that connection there absolutely if it wasn't for base camp there i would not have been able to lead the number of retreats that i led the one the financial contribution that they that they've given over $150,000 and then matching that in promo items. So the backpacks, the hydration, coolers, like all of the, you know, drinkware, flashlights, all of the things that we use during our retreats, all covered. And they happen to be now logoed with, you know, Warrior Spirit Retreat. So it's, I can't even begin to say how grateful I am for Sweden and the Basecamp brand really getting behind it. And that's, again, back to where we started earlier. 
they didn't, they just did it because that's the right thing to do. They were, and it wasn't always like, Hey, submit your request and we'll send you the stuff. They were like, Hey, do you need more? What else do you need? They were just so proactive and so much so that, um, so now the relationship between Basecamp is with Wounded Warrior Project instead of I Warrior Spiritual. Oh, awesome. Okay. And I want, I want to, and I want to give everyone sort of a, a look at why, because they're like, well, why would you take away from your own nonprofit to, you know, sort of, sort of give that relationship away? Well, one, I'm still very involved with the Wounded Warrior Project and they're directly correlated to my success with Warrior Spiritual so I'm, I've always been involved. I've always been an ambassador and advocate supporter um, for Wounded Warrior Project because who they were in my life and always will be. But I looked at Basecamp as a brand and how powerful it is. And so me doing three to five retreats in a year, and I did some one day retreats too to get more people. So I'm looking at like a few hundred people total in the year, warriors that I've impacted which is great and there's no regrets. Or I look over at Wounded Warrior Project from a visibility standpoint that serves over 180,000 warriors and their families every single day. And it's sort of like those belong together. And so it was like, it was like the higher call. It was like the right call to make to leverage the ability for Basecamp to shine more visibility on what Wounded Warrior Project is doing to change this whole generation of veterans. Um, I'll take the ones that sort of need it the most. And then, and well, that's even, that's almost unfair to say. I'll take the ones who are like really looking for something and then let Wounded Warrior Project work with everyone. Um, because all the, the, most of the wounds of war, um, you can't see. And then so <clears throat> it's um, Wounded Warrior Project is the leader in serving all of the wounds of war. And I'm so grateful for, for who they are. And then because Wounded Warrior Project is so big and so sort of organized, which truth be told, Dan's not that organized. Warrior Spirit Retreat is like... <laughs> <laughs> planning and it's just a one-man show me and a bunch of volunteers and we all mean well and it's a little frantic and it's a little last minute but when, when it gets down to it the events are amazing but it's a little bit of sweat and grinding and yeah. uh, grit to get them accomplished whereas with wounded warrior project with the idea of taking base camp retail mm -hmm. um that's the right partnership to have and in that case warrior spirit retreat was in the way of the most mm. success and the best results for the most people. And then so I, and that was my idea. So I made the connection and then I, I stepped, stepped out. And timing That's is awesome. perfect because if That's I really were cool. to get the hundred thousand dollars this year, I would not be able to spend it. I just, I don't have retreats coming up. I mean, it would just sit in the bank and a hundred thousand dollars in the bank is doing nothing for people. Where right. Wounded Warrior Project is still actively doing mm. programs and it takes yeah. this through. So it's like, that's money that's going to be well spent. So everything works out for a reason. Wow, At least that's I great. That. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So uh, I know we're, we're over time, but uh, oh, I did sorry. just want to... No, 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 no. no it's not, not your no, fault. No, no, not you at all. <laughs> we're, we're fine with going over time. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, especially, especially with you on board. But uh, listen, 
Uh, you're getting a ton, ton of love on Facebook. Uh, and you know, it, uh, Christy Meyer, uh, chimed in with, uh, and we posted some of the links as well, about carry forward and all that. So that's all in the comments for folks awesome. to, to look into. Uh, but Christy Meyer tuned, tuned in and just gave the dates for the, uh, the carry forward events that you were talking about. So Nashville was nine 19 San Antonio is 10, 10, uh, Jacksonville is 11, 14 for the carry forward five Ks or, or apparently you can pick your own date as well, which is pretty cool. Right. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so definitely check those things out, guys. Do you have anything else to to add or or to ask Dan while we've got him? Oh, yes. <laughs> there you go. It. it happened. <laughs> it happened. It happened. I don't know that, if I'm that's, that's Photoshop. Oh uh, but... yeah. I want timestamps to make sure it's not not tampered with. <laughs> no, that's all I got. I'm just like, thank you again, Dan. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you so thank much you. for your sacrifice and your stories and all the inspiration. It's awesome. Absolutely. Thanks to you. So listen, guys, back to Tervis. Okay. They, they added that stainless uh, or they added stainless to their, their well-established line uh, about two years ago, uh, with the goal of being better than the competition by utilizing state-of-the-art custom 3D uh, or 360 degree UV printing. It's available in four different sizes, the 12, the 20, the 30, and then they've also got a 24 ounce water bottle. Uh, they've got a five-year warranty on those, 18.8 copper lined, vacuum insulated, uh, keeps things hot for eight hours, things cold for 24 hours, sometimes longer. Uh, so definitely check out uh, tervispromos.com for more information, guys. Uh, Dan, thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, just taking time out of your day to, to spend with us and to share your story. I think there's definitely been a lot of people inspired today and uh, we'll continue to be inspired, inspired by this story. Uh, so just thanks for being a part of the industry and, and giving everything that you have. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it, brother. And I love Absolutely. your shirt. By the way, for those who don't know, that is the Maryland state flag. A little hula out. It's a little hula out. But yeah. It's the Maryland state flag, which, by the way, is the coolest of all 50 state flags. <laughs> Not saying the state. I'm saying the flag. Yeah. <laughs> The, the state's kind of so cool, much. too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going right, to disparage it at all. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Dan's actually from the Baltimore area originally. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks for, for coming. We'll see you again soon. Take care. Thanks, y'all. Take care. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.